services and newspapers carried a story out of San Francisco describing the first satanic wedding ceremony ever performed. The pictures showed a nude woman lying on the altar behind the guest, whom you see now, the Reverend Anton Zandor LaVey, who is the founder and high priest of the First Church of Satan. Anton Zandor LaVey uses uh, as somewhat of a credo this timeless quote, Remember, evil backwards spells live. <laughs> Somehow that never occurred to me. Hello and welcome back. This is going to be episode 38, part 4 of the Illuminati invasion. So, this started a long time ago. That clip I just played you, that's our little demonic... Uh, I guess, master of, I think, a lot of things in Hollywood and in the music scene. And his name was Anton LaVey. I do believe, and I'm going to say this is my opinion, that he is the grandfather of Taylor Swift. And I am willing to try to prove that through this episode. But you're going to, because this isn't um, where I can show you pictures, like on my TikTok and stuff, you're going to have to look this stuff up yourself as we go along. So you can just see... And I'll also put the cover, um, you know, correlating the tie between these fools. But before we get there, let's talk about Alistair Crawley first. So you can find Alistair Crawley on the cover of the Beatles, um, the one that Billy Shears is on. If you haven't heard my Billy Shears episode, seriously, go back and listen to it. So Allison, Allison, it probably was a chick, just kidding. Uh, Alistair Crawley, he was born Edward Alexander Crawley in October 12th, 1875. He lived until December 1947, and he it was an occultist. Um, he wrote books. He did magic. He was a poet, a painter, all the things. People have alleged that he is the father of our late and great Barbara Bush, who, holy cow, I saw pictures of her. Just, I, I've never seen pictures of Barbara Bush younger. She looks like a dude. And they're all into, like, all this stuff, so who knows. But let's just listen to this little YouTube I found on our boy, Alistair. When I say our boy, he ain't my boy. This guy is evil as they come. The father of evil. October the 12th, 1875, at number 30 Clarendon Square in the Warwickshire Spa town of Leamington, a baby boy was born. Named after his father, Edward Alexander Crowley was the firstborn son and future heir to Emily and Edward Crowley. Nobody, least of all his God-fearing parents, would have deduced that this child, who later changed his name to Alistair Crowley, was to become infamously known in later life as the wickedest man in the world. However, if what has been written in later years can be believed, and there have been a mountain of books written by or about this man, legend has it that Edward Crowley, the child, was born with four hairs upon the center of his heart, curling from left to right in the form of a swastika, the mark of the beast. The child's father, Edward Crowley, came from a wealthy Quaker family. His father and the child's grandfather, another Edward, made his fortune as a brewer, establishing a number of public houses that sold Crowley ale. Inheriting a fortune, my father had no need to earn an income, 
and instead became a self-appointed preacher of the Plymouth Brethren. Uh, they were a small separatist denomination that emphasized three beliefs, the literal truth of the scriptures, the exclusion of all priestly authority, everyone was equal in the Brethren, and the belief in the second coming. My father would travel on foot around Warwickshire, and later when we moved to Red Hill, the Surrey countryside, preaching that true Christianity could be found only among the Plymouth Brethren. I was often by his side during these wanderings. But whilst his father was a lay preacher of the faith, it was Crowley's mother, Emily, that enforced the strict doctrine of the Brethren at home. Life in that household could hardly be described as frivolous. There was no Christmas, no gifts, no childhood books, not even any toys. From the age of four, Crowley would be made to join the family and servants in the dining room for breakfast, where they would read aloud a chapter from the Bible, each person reciting a verse. The expectation of the second coming of Christ, set against the vigilant rejection of Satan, set the standards by which Crowley was raised. During these early years, he learned about the end of the world, the deliverance of the Plymouth Brethren, and about the wickedness of sinning. He also learned a great deal about death, something his father was obsessed by. Preparations for a distant future, such as signing a lease or insuring one's life, might be held to imply lack of confidence in the uh, promise of... <laughs> Crowley came to look upon his father as a role model. He became a Plymouth brother, believing wholeheartedly that this was the only true faith, unable to conceive that anyone could be so foolish or indeed wicked enough to doubt it. As he grew older, his feelings began to wander, just as any young boy's imagination would. But then... Edward Crowley was not just any young boy. When he was 11, his father died of cancer of the tongue. I had some respect, but little love for my father. And from the moment of his funeral, I entered a new phase of development, the main feature of which was non-conformity. My mother sent me to the Ebor School in Cambridge, the sons of Plymouth Brethren, run by the Reverend Champney, where the main teaching instrument was the Bible, and the main instrument for correction was the birch. It was around this time that I began to rebel and fantasize about torture, blood, often imagining myself being hurt and in agony. Of course, just as any young boy. My vivid imagination also began to turn to the opposite sex. But in particular, I had visions of being degraded and suffering at the hands of wicked women. Perhaps these abnormal fantasies stem from his strict upbringing by his mother or from some deep resentment for his father's death. But they were to become stronger 
and more and more prolific as he grew older. Alistair Crowley and other authors documented a number of anecdotes from his boyhood life, none so sinister as that about a cat. Crowley had been told that a cat had nine lives. From this he reasoned that it must be near impossible to kill one. But whilst most young boys would imagine the consequences of such a conclusion, Crowley decided to act it out. I caught a cat, and having administered a large dose of arsenic, I chloroformed it, hanged it above the gas jet, stabbed it, cut its throat, smashed its skull. And when it had been pretty thoroughly burnt, drowned it and threw it out of the window so that the fall might remove the ninth life. The operation was successful. I was genuinely sorry for the animal. I simply forced myself to carry out the experiment in the interests of pure science. Just as any young boy would. The young Crowley grew to loathe the religious doctrines laid down at the Reverend Champney's special sex school almost as much as he hated the cruel headmaster. He still continued to study the Bible, but in particular, certain passages, especially those in the book of Revelation. He became drawn to reading about the false prophet, the scarlet woman and the beast. And then one day, he came to a disturbing conclusion. Well, it was just after I had been chastised by the headmaster for attempting to corrupt one of the other boys who had visited my house during the school holidays. I can't remember how or what I had attempted to do. I was at that um, experimental age. (laughs) But I remember it was around that time I realized I had become obsessed and fascinated by those that were the enemies of heaven. My sympathies lay with them, and this fascination would remain with me for the rest of my life. Details of the next few years of the young Crowley's life vary from biography to biography, but it was clear that there was no love lost between mother and son. The pious Emily Crowley was undoubtedly concerned over the ungodly behavior of her son and would on many occasions call him a beast. The young Crowley reveled in this new accolade and began to identify himself with the beast from the book of Revelation, whose number is the number of a man, 603 score 6, 666. His mother, on the other hand, believed in the literal truth of the Bible and would not have used this term lightly. It is clear that however much she rejected it, she probably foresaw the destiny of her wayward son. My mother actually believed that I was the antichrist of the apocalypse. (laughs) And yet, she also believed that her poor, lost, erring son might yet repent and be redeemed by the precious blood. Just after his father's death in 1887, Emily moved the family from Red Hill to Thistlegrove in London to stay with her brother Tom Bond Bishop. 
Bishop did not believe the accusations made against Crowley by the Reverend Champney, and much to Crowley's delight, moved him away from the school. Bishop also recognized that the young Crowley's health was poor, and a doctor confirmed his fears when he diagnosed that Crowley would be unlikely to reach manhood. Bishop decided to keep the boy at home, and embarked upon employing a succession of private tutors over the next two years. He also resolved that the boy's recovery required plenty of open-air exercise, including fishing and mountain climbing. Again, this delighted Crowley. Crowley progressed rapidly in mathematics, English literature, Greek and Latin, and welcomed the freedom he'd been granted in being able to read books which had previously been denied him. He became adept in poetry, and developed a yearning to become a great poet. Among the tutors that emerged, one Archibald Douglas taught Crowley not only English and maths, however, he also introduced him to the vices of racing, billiards, betting, cards, and on a trip to Torquay with Douglas, he was also introduced to the vices of women. It was on this trip at the age of 15 when Crowley lost his virginity to a woman he met in the theater. The nightmare world of Christianity vanished at the dawn. The obsession of sin fell from my shoulders into a sea of oblivion. It was a period of boundless happiness for me. Whilst being introduced to the sins of the flesh may have instigated a period of happiness for Crowley, it certainly had the reverse effect on his mother. No more so than when she discovered that whilst the family was away, Crowley had experimented further with a young parlour maid in his mother's bed. The maid was dismissed and put out on the streets, and according to Crowley, she changed her name and became a prostitute. He also claimed that she met a fateful demise at the hands of no other than Jack the Ripper. In later years, Alistair Crowley would publish an article claiming that he had discovered the actual identity of Jack the Ripper, one Robert Donston, a black magician. Crowley claimed to a member of the press that he had in fact met with Donston prior to his death in 1912, and that Donston had given him five blood-soaked ties corresponding to the five murders committed in Whitechapel. How much truth can be held in these claims is debatable. But one thing that can be claimed for sure is these were just two of the many sinister and strange coincidences that were to surround this iniquitous man for the rest of his life and beyond. So, I mean, I could do this whole podcast about this Crowley piece of crap, but... Instead, I'm just going to give you a few little um, interesting facts that lead me to the next direction of how Hollywood is so satanic. And it all kind of stems from this dude and then his disciples on after him. So um, it says that we need to understand. We need to understand some things here, guys. I want I've been telling you how the Illuminati, the Masons are like a hand and a glove, the same thing. So basically like the Illuminati is a secret society. And then they would pick from the top Masons people to be in this Illuminati. That's why usually all the people that are in the Illuminati are also Freemasons. But women 
typically are not in the quote unquote brotherhood of the Freemasons. So there has to be a section for them. Right. And so they have them, witches and all this stuff over all different quadrants. And, you know, there's so many different ones. I'll read you. I just actually looked one up. That's here in New Mexico is the order of the Eastern star. Yeah. It's deep guys. It's deep. These people are so well organized. Unlike the Christians, which is so sad. And that's how they got so deep because everybody was fast asleep thinking, Nobody would worship Satan. And no, these people have been worshiping Satan since Satan, since the world began, since Satan fell from heaven. Not since the world began because for, you know, a little while it was okay. But Satan decided to fall from heaven, decided to deceive God's children. And here we are still fighting this war of good and evil. And now it's obvious. And I'm going to show you how obvious by the end of this podcast and how it's all linked to Hollywood and how these Satanists run so thick and so deep and they look all pretty like a Taylor Swift. Ugh, another demonic devil whose parents were demonic devils. Okay. So in my opinion, so it says, and I can prove it. <laughs> um, all right. So let's get back to Crowley here. So he is now in charge of this British branch called the OTO. And again, this is said to be on the Beatles album. Beatles were supposedly part of this, um, this it's temple of Orients. And, um, this is right quote right here. It says, um, Roos, R-E-U-S-S, appointed Crawley as the head of the OTO British branch, the Mysteria Mystica Maxima, M-M-M. At the ceremony in Berlin, Crowley adopted the magical name Baphomet and was proclaimed ex supreme rex and sovereign grandmaster general of Ireland, I-O-N-A, O-N-A, I don't know what that is, and the Brittinos. So B-R-I-T-O-N-S. Um, so Crowley set about advertising the MM and rewriting many of the OTO rituals, which were largely then just based on Freemasonry. In his incorporation of the Thelemite, this was like a religion that he started. It's called T-H-E-L-M-I-T-E. Elements provided a controversial, controversial in the group, um, fascinated by the OTO's emphasis on sex magic. So this is how we get to SRA, satanic ritual abuse. These people have now perfected how to shatter a sweet, innocent child of God. And why would they want to do that? Because, of course, children are closest to God as they come. So why wouldn't these piece of craps want to start with this sex magic? So Crowley devised a magical work based on anal sex and incorporated it into the syllabus of the OTO, members who had been initiated into the 11th degree. So as I said before, there's degrees. Each degree, you basically learn something new, basically learn that the first thing you thought was a lie. As, as a matter of fact, today on TikTok, there was a dude who was, join the Mason, we're so good, we're great people, blah, blah, blah. And I, you know, I truly believe he thinks that. I don't think, I don't think he knows the the levels he's about to get into but maybe he does i don't i don't know because i you know the devil's good and he's sneaky so crowley has a huge influence in the early music scene and let me read you all the people that are influenced by this evil satanic dude oh before we get there let's talk about a couple of his kids that i i had the hardest time finding out if he had children because 
He had so many, supposedly, that are, quote, unquote, illegitimate. But according to the encyclopedia or Wikipedia or whatever that thing is that makes up whatever they want, he only had five. I almost want to subscribe to this just to read the rest of this article. But it's by Scribed, S-C-R-B-I-B-D. And it's dated January 5th, 2022. Um, and it, the, the title of this is called The Spawn of the Beast, The Children of Aleister Crawley. And so it starts here. It says, if people are aware of any Aleister Crawley's children, they're probably be thinking of the short-lived daughter, Anne Poopy, it looks like, P-O-U-P-E-E, Leah, born to Crowley's Scarlet Woman. Leah Horizing, H-I-R-S-I-G. So that was in 1920, according to this article. And continues on, whose death later that year is a key part of the mythology of Crowley's Abbey of Thelma. And it, this brings me to like Abbey Road and it's just interesting. Anyways, she was the, though far from being the only offspring of the beast, Crowley fathered quite a number of ch other children, some who lived well into the 21st century. And there are others who have either claimed to be Crowley's children or were claimed to be so by others. <clears throat> Barbara Bush. They look like twins. It's crazy how much she looks like her dad or he or whatever it is. Okay. So it says Lilith and Rose. I don't know if you guys realize this. Because I didn't tell Lilith is a demon. I think we talked about it in a podcast just recently. But yeah. And so, of course, why wouldn't he name his child Lilith? Crowley's first children arrived in relatively conventional circumstances. In August 1903, married Rose Kelly. Initially, and this makes me think of Rosemary's baby, because Anton LaVey, the Satanist from California, played the devil in that movie. And Rosemary's baby is associated to the Manson thing and everything. It's just all tied together. This is one big club, as I believe George Carlin said, and we ain't in it, which is perfectly okay with me. But let's get back to this story. And I will talk to you more about Anton LaVey very shortly. Initially as a marriage of convenience to help her escape from an arranged union. But he did then fall in love with her and their marriage seems to have initially been a success. With Rose traveling with him to Cario, C-A-I-R-O in 1904 and being involved in the genesis of there. Returning to Belotskain, uh, you guys, I don't know these names, never been there. Crowley fabled house on the shores of Loch Ness. And let me pause there. This house that he bought in Loch Ness, guess who bought it? One of the Led Zeppelin people. Mm -hmm. Rose gave birth to their first daughter on July 28th, 1905, named in typically flamboyant Crosley style. So this is her name. Newt May, M-A-A-H-A-T Hathor, E-C-A-T-E. Oh my gosh, how many names? Sapato, S-A-P-P-H-O, Jezebel Lilith. Yeah. I don't even want to look up these other names. They're probably all demons. But usually known as Lilith. Crowley wrote his pro porn or graphic to amuse Rose as she recuperated from the birth. Unfortunately, Lilith was not designated to be long-lived Jeez Louise, when Crowley headed off to India for his con controversial expedition to climb 
Chinawanga in the Himalayas, Rose and Lilith followed him, meeting up at the Calcutta after his after the expedition uh, collapse. So I guess in this like a bunch of people died, and he apparently when they died, he heard them all like crying for help and didn't help because he's evil. He probably caused the avalanche to be who knows. So moving on to visit Bruma with him and the and then to tour southern China. So he had money. Oh, it's also said that he was a spy, like he was a British spy, supposedly. So who knows? After the China tour, Rose and Lilith headed back to Britain while Crowley went to Shanghai, where he performed rituals to contact Iowas, the entity to him. He then headed to Japan, Canada, and New York before returning to Britain. Lilith never made it home in route. In Raccoon, she contacted typh typhoid and died, supposedly, uh, before she reached her second birthday. But we know a lot about what happens, so who knows? Um, I also want to stop here real quick and say, I just had this, um, comment when I was shared what I was going to talk about, um, how be careful of darkness because it can like root into light. Basically I, it was an interesting comment and the way I took it, I was just like, you know, she's right. You can bring darkness into your life if you don't have the blood of Jesus over you. And this stuff that we talk about on these podcasts sometimes can get really dark. And you do need, if you do not have Jesus in your life, I highly, highly advise you do. Because if you don't, this is the other side. There's two sides, guys. There's, it's so simple. But most people think, oh, there's many ways. No, there's not. You're either worshiping God who created all things or not. <sighs> And that's it. Like, that's all there is to it. And they've done a really good job at getting into Christianity, getting into people's heads, making God not powerful. And I believe we're about to see a huge movement of God on this earth that then people can't deny. Just like you can't deny Satanism is very real right now. You're going to be able to have a choice for, you know, until Jesus comes. And then that choice, I mean, you'll still have it if you're left here after the rapture. But I would not want to be here after the rapture. Because think about it right now. We are the salt of the earth. Everybody that's a Christian is trying to salt the earth. And maybe that salt seasons somebody else's life. And then they season someone else's life. And they get out of witchcraft. And like things just happen and they get and they see, right? I was talking to a friend yesterday and she was telling me how like so many of her friends are into witchcraft and they think it's good. They think it's fine. It's just white magic. It's all either demonic or it's not. And she sees it now. But it takes, you know... One, a willingness to say, hey, this doesn't feel quite right in my soul. Two, to search it out and say, hey, why does it not feel quite right? Read the Bible. You know how many people don't read the Bible? It's just insane. Anyway, I digress. So let's talk about, before we jump on to Anton LaVey and Taylor Swift and everything, and even Beyonce, we're going to touch on her. She's called Queen Bee for a reason because supposedly she took over uh, Vanderbilt, Gloria Vanderbilt's role as the head witch in New York. And so now supposedly Beyonce is with her husband, Jay-Z, and they show you every single Illuminati sign there is. And if you haven't taken the time to Google Illuminati symbolism, do it. It's pyramids. They always put their thumbs together and their two first fingers hold it up. It makes a pyramid. You put your first finger and your thumb together and hold the other three out. That makes three sixes, six, six, six. They'll sometimes put that six, six, six over their eyeballs They'll cover one eye. They'll do this sign. You know, we talked about uh, Osiris last week and Nimrod, basically. And there's this symbolism sign where you have your arms crossed 
and sign of Osiris. They're all doing that. Like it's just so deep, right? So, um, here's the, I already said the Beatles and, and Crowley appears on the cover of the Beatles. Okay. And John Lennon, this is a quote from something I'm reading right now. John Lennon once said the whole Beatles thing was to do what you want, you know? And that's one of his sayings, do what you wilt, um, order out of chaos. They have all kinds of stuff they say. So a statue of Alistair Crowley appears on the door, door albums, door 13, of course, the doors that admire Crowley as someone who broke through to the other side and who was the master um, of, of showmanship. Jim Morrison once said in a very Crowley-ite words, I'm interested in anything about revolt, disorder, chaos, especially activity that appears to have no meaning. Um, so Jimmy Page was a huge fan of Crowley and bought the Loch Ness house that I was telling you guys about. Um, and, oh, he, no, sorry. He bought the house next to Crowley. Okay. So they're neighbors. Oh, I, at first thought he had bought it. Sorry. I'm, I was wrong. So Jimmy Page was Crowley's neighbor. Crowley's famous motto, do what you will, was in, in Bost, E-M-B-O-S-S-E-D, embossed on the vinyl of the Led Zeppelin three. Of course it is. <sighs> these evil bastards. The Rolling Stones, we've talked about them many times. They are very satanic. We all know. They even sing about it. But uh, the Rolling Stones and Marianne Faithful were into Crowleyan magic through the filmmaker Kenneth Anger. Oh, he was evil, guys. I should do one on him, too. He's so evil. Hence their albums, His Satanic Majesties, and their song, Sympathy for the Devil. Jagger also made soundtracks to Anger's film, Invocation to My Demon Brother, while Marine Faithful appeared in Anger's Lucifer's Rising, which starred a future member of the Mason family. It's all connected, guys. I actually got a comment today about Charles Manson. I am not trying to say he was good in my Manson episode. I have no idea. All I'm saying is he talks some Jesus, but he also talks some Satan. So, you know, he, uh, my whole point of that episode is he didn't kill anybody it, it, of the murders he was in prison for somebody, other people killed and those people really didn't pay the piper. So I think Manson was part of satanic ritual abuse from very young age. I think he grew up in it and he might've had ties in it, but I also think that Jesus can save anybody. So there's that, even this Crowley, but you have to ask. You can't keep going and going and going and never ask. And then, you know, there comes a time where that chance is over and eternity is eternity. And if you don't believe in heaven or hell, you should really listen to people on YouTube that have gone there and have came back to try to tell their stories to other people to save them from going to hell. Because hell sounds horrible. You, ooh, no thank you. Heaven sounds awesome. Okay, so David Bowie was a big fan of Crowley. He mentions him in the song Quicksand. And now I am going to read you the lyrics of that little section and play it for you. Thanks, David, for sharing who you idolized. And if you idolize David Bowie, you shouldn't. Holy cow, he starts off with it and he even talks about the Golden Dawn, which is another witch Illuminati thing that supposedly Crowley made fall apart. I'm closer to the golden dawn, immersed in Crowley's uniform of imaginary. 
I'm living in a silent film portraying Himmler, Himmler's sacred realm of dream reality. I'm frightened by the total goal, drawing to the ragged hole, and I ain't got the power anymore. No, I ain't got the power anymore. I'm the twisted name on Gabro's eyes, living proof of Churchill's lies. I'm destiny. I'm torn between the light and dark. Okay? Light and dark, guys. All, everybody knows it. Notice the name of that sound is the name of that song is quicksand because that's how that life is. You're you get told the same lie that that Satan told Adam and Eve in the garden. Eat that fruit and you can become like God. You know what they did? They found out that how evil he really was and how great God really was. And you know how bad they wanted to get back into that garden, but instead Satan tortured them basically for the rest of their lives, you know, had their kids commit the first murder on and on. I mean, the children of Cain and the Canaanites, which are, I could go on and on. But these people who quote unquote sell a soul, that's not the devil's to sell, but your soul belongs to God. Okay. So if you think you can sell your soul to the devil, you're just selling out your brain right there, checking out because your soul belongs to God. And that's why he determines where it goes at the end of the day, no matter who you worship. If you choose to worship Satan, then that's where your soul will go forever <laughs> think about that that doesn't sound like a good time to me but people make their choices so let's get back to the movie stars that love this satanic piece of crap um oh yeah let's get bowie was deep into the cult in the 1970s particularly during the making of station to station when he feared he'd invoke an evil demon and the witches that were trying to steal his semen and make a satanic love child. Okay? Yeah. This will lead us to Taylor Swift in a little bit. 
In the 1980s, of course, various metal bands were into Crowley from Black Sabbath, <laughs> surprise, uh, to Iron Maiden. More recently, and perhaps more surprisingly, not to me, but to some people, I'm throwing that in there, Crowley's ideas are apparently an influence on rap stars like Jay-Z, <laughs> Kanye West, and the adherent practitioner of sex magic, Ciara, C-I-A-R-A. Wow. Oh, good Lord. More broadly, as we examine pop culture to make Crowley's philosophy of unfettered egotism, like I think of the iPhone a lot, I this, I that, do what you will, you know, that's what he wants people to do, whatever you want. And that's basically what people are doing now. And now we can't even get deodorant in Albuquerque without ringing a bell because it's all behind glass because everybody does what they will and steals everything. <sighs> so over these Satanists. The ruling philosophy of Western society, we are all Crowley's children. Not me. I rebuke that. Um, so, you know, it said that his parents were Christian. I, I debate that. You know, they're really rich and all that stuff. We know all about the, well, we, you should know all about the rich people are usually not because they just got there. You know, they stole it from people and that's how they got rich. So it says that as a teenager, supposedly when he got into Satanizing, um, so we got this guy, oh, let's talk about the Golden Dawn real quick. So he, he joined the Golden Dawn in London and that's a magical order whose members included poets like W.B. Yeats. However, he quickly fell out with all of them, despising Yeats when he failed to appreciate Crowley's attempt at poetry and annoying the Golden Dawn elders. So when you hear Golden Dawn, that's, you know, we just heard that in, in, uh, What's his face? His song, Bowie's song. So, um, he's claimed to achieve top levels of Magus, M-A-G-U-S status by 1904. So this guy's been around a while, right? So when you're around that long, you get a lot done, especially with the working of his, um, you know, music scene and all that. He got in all the scenes. And so let's get into you know hollywood back then wasn't that big it was very controlled in the 1950s everybody was basically controlled nobody got famous because they were good actors i've said that a million times anybody on tv preachers actors musicians the the good people with the good talent they have to sell their stuff to these illuminati elites to sing their songs and they'll get paid a little bit for it because they they promote who they want. They want you to idolize who they want. They so Crowley is named the for like for me he's probably the start of the new age, right? He started the new age. He's excited about it. Um they call him actually the Messiah of the New Age in this article here. He tried to usher in the new age with magic rituals, both private ones, orgies, sex, drugs, magic. Uh he did all kinds of different rites in London in 1910. Um, I mean, this guy goes on and on. So he basically is a huge influence to Satanism uh, across the world. I mean, basically started across the seas and it spread over here. So let's talk about this little character. I started the podcast with an interview from Anton LaVey, who is the founder of the Church of Satan here in California, or not, I don't live in California, but in the United States in California. And this is just an article I found. Again, I'll put everything in the links below like I always do. 
But this says, following the footsteps of the British occultist Aleister Crowley, Anton LaVey founded the Church of Satan with an impressive talent for showmanship. In 1966, a young American occultist named Anton LaVey founded the Church of Satan in California. While the name of his church alone was controversial, that was just the beginning, and it sure was, wasn't it? From hosting wild orgies to publishing the Satanic Bible, Anton LaVey became infamous in the press as the Black Pope and the evilest man in the world. So I guess he's trying to, you know, over outdo Alistair here. Although LaVey was actually an atheist at heart, he wanted to celebrate Satan as a symbol of human liber liberation and freedom. <laughs> just the opposite, just so you know. And since he was the natural showman, he also enjoyed getting a rise out of people. Now, I'm going to play you the the interview we started with at the beginning of this podcast and let, let you hear the rest of it. But notice how they slipped the Satanism in as ha-ha, funny, you know. And another thing is, did he just get it on TV organically? Or was this all planned by the Illuminati who run the news and everything that we see? I mean, they are the information control, right? So here's the interview, and then we'll continue talking about this guy and how he, I believe he's the grandfather of Taylor Swift, who's now doing concerts as I speak in July 5th, 2023, promoting witchcraft. But we will get there. We will get there. So let's continue on with this interview from Taylor Swift's granddaddy, and then we will talk more. Okay, here it is. We're starting at minute 149 this is a 21 minute interview so i'm probably not going to play you all of it but i just want you to get a feel for this this is also um the joe pine p-y-n-e show in 1970 okay i wasn't even born yet and they're already promoting this bs and look at how far they've gotten in 2023 uh, far many wishes but we won't go into them now you call yourself a satanic priest yes is that the opposite of god no, because Satan is a god, too. But what are you, then, the, uh, the dirty pope or what? Oh, I guess you could call me that if you want to say the black pope or the dirty pope or the, the uh, advocate of, for example, the kingdom of night or darkness. No one's ever come forth so far and spoken up for the devil. Everybody that's made rules and regulations concerning the devil or the devil's work the devil's activities have been people that have been very righteous people people during crusades people well i'm not too righteous but on the other hand i think you're a bit of a dingling let's face it either that or you're selling some kind of a snake oil you got very shifty little eyes by right it's very close together too they tell a story about you oh well, yes of course what is the story that you'd like to tell us the story is that i think that the devil has been the guy that's kept the church in business for many many years without him and the concept of evil, where would the church be? Well, where would Notre Dame be if they couldn't play Southern Methodist? They've got right. to have opposition. Is that That's the point right. You're they have to have so opposition. So you're supplying, what, a loyal opposition? Well, I'm supplying a much-needed opposition. The word Satan only means adversary, as I said. It's uh, not... Uh, you, you never use the word devil? Devils, of course. Devils are God. The original concept of the word devil is taken from a word meaning God. But this, this name, Anton... Zandor LaVey. That's got to be a put-on. No, be. it's certainly uh, not. I, when I was a young boy, I was quite embarrassed about what the S stood for in my middle name. Because... Zandor. 
anybody with a... S-Z-A-N-D-O-R, right? Right. Now, what, is the, what does that name mean? Does it have any meaning? Well, it's a very common name in the Balkan countries of Europe, Romania, Hungary. Mm -hmm. It's just like George or Frank would be here. Now, uh, what country do you come from? Transylvania or what? Well, not really. My family, part of my family is from Transylvania. Is it necessary to kill you by driving a stake through your heart or with just a knock on the head to it? I will never die. You won't? No, of course not. I've made arrangements. How do you like that? A frozen devil, right? Huh? That's a good point. You gotta no. be frozen. This is a yeah, now that's a great thing, I think. Incidentally, it is freezing. Because I think we all want to live forever. I think basically oh, we, none of us want to die. We're like little children that are put to bed before we really want to go to bed. And if we I hate to sound like gold water, but in our hearts, none of us really want to die. We all know that death is something. You don't know how many people are going to come to your funeral. You don't know what your wives, your husbands are going to be doing afterwards. People don't want to die because they don't want to miss anything afterwards. And they're afraid for what they're going to be missing. So are, are you saying then that you're going to make arrangements to have yourself frozen? If it's at all possible. If it's not, I'll make other arrangements. Of course. What do you mean other arrangements? Well, I'm Let's take the theories. freezing first now. I can just picture this now. About 10 days after you're frozen, some minister is going to tiptoe over and turn off your electricity. Or bring a blow, or bring a blowtorch in. Yeah. Well, a blowtorch would be you make, make you ready. What are the other arrangements? Well, there's another make? thing. You see, the concept of the devil is a, a multitude of, of uh, interpretations. Now, one of the realms of hell, Tartarus, the lowest of all, is supposed to be a very frigid place, like a gigantic refrigerator. This is where Lucifer lives, and there's nothing hot at all about it. On the other hand, the lake of fire that's described in the Bible, was described to Eskimos by Christian missionaries at one time, and they, not having enough heat, all wanted to know, how do we get there? And this is why it never has really uh, done too well up there. Well, look, Dev, you don't mind if I call you Dev. Yeah, call me anything you want, as long as it's uh, not obscene. Were you ever a religious fellow? I, I would say not particularly. You're a young man. I'm a religious fellow now, though. How old are you? I'm 36. 36. Who ordained you a satanic priest? I would say probably I received the call. <laughs> Just as any fundamentalist. Most of us do, but we fight it. <laughs> well, I fight it. This is, of course, the whole principle of my religion, is all of the concepts. You mean you received the call? You mean one day the devil said, go out, Anton Zandor LeVay, and give people hell? Uh, is that what That's about it. That's about it. Because people like to have a hell of a time, don't they? You know, there's many people that have seen hell. There's many Satanists that have came out of the Satanic Church. I'm going to end with him. And people need to realize the reality of Satan. He's a little weasel, as the Bible says. People will look at him and be like, really? That's the guy? But when you put something... It's just like witchcraft in your forefront and you worship it, honor it. It becomes this huge thing, right? As I was re-listening to this as I wanted to, you know, the day's gone on. I didn't get to do this all in one episode or like one sitting. I like to do it in one sitting because my head can stay on track. But I had to re-listen a little bit and I was listening to it. And as I was, I was looking at Jesus on my wall. And right underneath his name is Prince of Peace. And you know what Satan is? The Prince of freaking Chaos. And that's what they love. That's what they love. So I'm going to just teach you a little bit more about the history of Anton. But more importantly, I want to talk about his children. Because they're living to this day. As I speak to you on this microphone in Albuquerque, New Mexico. 
almost at midnight on my daughter's almost second birthday. <laughs> and this is how important my husband today and I were talking at dinner. And he was like, Mel, you should spend more time promoting your real estate and all that, you know, your jobs that pay. <laughs> and I was like, but I love podcasting. I absolutely love this. It is my joy, pleasure, and honor to bring the truth to people because the truth will set us all free. And if we can be free from the satanic agenda, life is going to be a whole heck of a lot better. And I'll tell you what, one thing that's for sure, hundred percent, just because these people are around the world for so damn long does not mean they win. We know the end of the story. We win. But Christians, if you're out there listening, it's time to stand up and quit being wussy Christians and trying to be perfect and all the crap. Stand up for the God you believe in because they're standing up for theirs. And it's not about perfection at this point. It's about Jesus. You know what I mean? And then perfection in our lives will come. But Jesus is first. So anyways, I rambled. Of course I did. But here we go. So before I play you my next clip of this chick that I think did a brilliant job of putting together Anton's life with his children, um, let's talk about his birth, his kids, like just a little background. Real, just real quick. This is the best timeline I found on this dude. 1930, he's born uh, in Chicago. And think about all the places he went and what they're like now, okay? Okay. Let's keep going. Uh, 1951, he married a 15-year-old, Carolyn Lasking. They had, and this has two children. So I find this interesting because a lot of articles say they only had one. And then she died in supposedly 1975. So there's not much information about his first wife, Carol, who the only one he was legally married to. So I have a feeling he was trying to be somewhat normal when he married this Carol chick. But like I said, I had a really hard time finding information about her. Okay, so then 1960, he divorced this Carol chick and formed the 25-year-old relationship with Diane Haggerty, A-G-G-A-R-T-Y. And that's where the Xena comes in that looks exactly like Taylor Swift. It's rumored, and I later confirm it in this podcast, that she had her first child at age 13, and his name was Satan with a T, so Staten. 66, he founded the Church of Satan, and they call it the COS, Church of Satan. So you'll see COS a lot. And he founded that in San Francisco, okay? So now we've talked about Chicago and San Francisco. They're both the worst cities in the U.S. right now. I mean, New Mexico's really close behind Portland. Ooh. But they're trying to take over our cities, these Satanists. And they're trying to act like they're innocent and, oh, we're giving you free will. Do what you wilt. Well, you know what? God gave us boundaries for a reason and choices for a reason. And you can make the choice to go down this road of Satanism, which all of Hollywood has. All of it. Minus maybe two. I mean, I don't even trust Roseanne Barr at this point. I don't trust no one. Okay, anyways. I digress. Um, so then he has a connection. This is the biggest connection I can find with Crawley and this idiot. It's Kenneth Anger. And because of this connection, I'm going to devote a whole podcast to Kenneth Anger next week. I know nothing about him, but tomorrow, not tomorrow. I'm not doing this tomorrow, guys. I got too much work to do in commercial real estate. But 
after I do my real work that pays me, I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to research this Kenneth Anger dude because he is deep in Hollywood, in child porn, in sacrificing. I mean, this guy knows everything. And I don't even know if he's alive or dead, but he probably is dead because he was associated with Crowley. And I'll find out for you before the end of this podcast so we don't have to all look it up together. But he's associated with Crowley and this dude. He's associated deep with evil, this anger dude. And I found that to be a thread that runs thick. As a matter of fact, I'll play a clip where Xena, who I think is Taylor Swift's mom, talks about Kenneth Anger as her uncle. Yeah. Okay, so then he finds, he gets the Church of Satan going um, in 1967. So it says, LaVey, an underground filmmaker, Kenneth Anger organized the Magic Circle. You guys, if you research anything about SRA, Satanic Ritual Abuse, if you research anything about Mind, mind Control, MK Ultra, where they fragrant, fragrant, uh, make kids' minds, I want to say fragrant, that's not the word, fragment, there it is. When they take their heads and they shake them so much that they become multiple personalities, these evil Satanic people have been around since the early 1900s and probably even before. And now we're in 2023. And we think, oh, I told my husband to have dinner. I said, isn't it funny how we're all just trying to eat dinner, be normal, realizing the world is ran by satanic pedophiles? And I'm over here listening to music on the radio right now that I can't even stand. Like, I feel like I can't even be a part of society at this point. It's so hard when you are awake to all this but God because God is bigger than this agenda and this illusion but it's here guys and we need to wake up it's not satanic panic and you're gonna hear that word a lot you're gonna hear it because they hid so many things under the guise of you're just panicking over Satan that's not really real when underground they're like yeah this is real these idiots let's get the media we're involved we're we're all connected now the media the arts we're not even going to get into the kids schools and they did and now we take our kids to taylor swift concerts and pay hundreds of dollars to have a satanic ritual done on your children think about that usa think about that okay so taylor swift's mom whose name um was xena levey her mom filed a restraining order on Anton eventually they were together 25 years and then eventually she finally was like enough is enough we're done Well, then he moved on to his final wife and his final child who he named Satan <laughs> Yeah, no kidding But anyways, um, she's still alive as well and they still all still they're still running the underground guys If you wake up to who this dude is and wake up to his kids and his wife and start realizing They're still working for Satan loud and proud. They're all over you can find clips after clips about uh, his I think it's his first daughter as a matter of fact with that chick that died in 75 she's all still podcasting about her Satan agenda the second one she said she stepped away Zena and now she's a Buddhist and the third one they named Satan his mom took over the Church of Satan and what's her name let me get her name for you guys okay so Anton's first daughter the one I was just telling you about her name is Carla LeBay. And she was born in July 1st, 1952. She's 
still kicking and still the one preaching all about her satanic papa. And her mom died in 1975. And then his second wife was the one we were just talking about. And her daughter is Zena, who I believe is Taylor Swift's um, mom. And then his third and final wife, who is not even mentioned on our fake Wikipedia. So his last wife, again, who is still alive and poof, working her evil agenda. Her last um, agenda was in 2023, guys, and it's called Satan Wants You. And her name's Blanche Barton. And good old Blanche is over here just working it. Somehow all of these people have connections to Charlie Manson. <laughs> it's weird how he's a common thread through the Illuminati. Like, I can't quite figure this Charlie Manson out. I want to believe he knew Jesus and loved Jesus and was just like a pawn in the show. But I think he did some work too, like in the underground, like he said. I don't know. <sighs> Sometimes I get more confused at the end of the day. But we're getting back to this Anton dude. So he's got so many connections in Hollywood, including Jane Mansfield, Sammy Davis Jr. He made movies. He was in uh, Rosemary's Baby, as I said previously. This guy is associated with Hollywood. So again, I don't believe it's any accident. He was on TV. He was promoted. His children were promoted. His children are still out working. You know what I mean? It just takes media attention. That's all. So I'm going to finish this podcast because we're already hitting an hour. So I have two interviews I want to play. The first one is, like I said, the lady who I figured, I listened to a lot of interviews today, enough where I had to like plead the blood of Christ over me quite a bit. And after I listened to some interviews, I was like, this one and this one have the best information. So the first one I'm going to play is a little rundown. And it's just some chick that really did some really good research, played some clips. And then the next one I'm going to play is Zena. And she's going to talk to you about um, some things I found pretty interesting. Let's 